And we're recording. Hey, man. How's it going? It's going great, man. How are you doing? Doing good. I've had requests that we need to have some intro music. Oh, really? So I need to learn some uh, ukulele or something. Yeah? Something cool. My- Dude, I'd be about that. I could do drums. You could do ukulele. And we could like to have a, have a little jam fest at the beginning of each episode. So step uh, step one is to learn how to play the ukulele. Yeah. Um, the closest thing I have is like an, I, an iPad app that simulates it and you like strum the iPad app. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, my little daughter, she came in here the other day and wanted to play with the microphone. And so we went into GarageBand and I just turned on all the effects and she was like singing Paw Patrol to like with her voice as a robot or her voice as like a monster or you know uh, chipmunk. It was really fun. But uh, yeah, this it's so accessible now to be able to make your own stuff. And were you all on a Mac or were you on an iPad? Oh, on this Mac. Yeah. You're on a Mac. Yeah. That's um, awesome. And um, the fact that you can even do that on a phone now if you want to is possible. Oh, yeah. On the iPad, we would play the piano because then you can actually touch them. But on yeah. the, the Mac, I didn't see a very good piano. Like, cause I, want, I would like her to like, press the keys to get that tactile, uh, tactile feeling, but mm-hmm. couldn't find anything. So we just used the iPad. But yeah, well, we need to get some intro music. Yeah, man. That sounds like a plan. That sounds yeah. like a plan. We'll, f- we'll figure something out. We'll talk about it. Oh, so um, I had an eventful week. Yeah? What happened? Yeah. Well, a little bit more of last week. It was only one day. I was coming coming back home. Um, just normal day. It was a little rainy. Talking to Jenny. Had my AirPods in. You know, just, you know, seeing how she was doing. All my way from work. Wasn't a bad day. All of a sudden, got in a car wreck. It wasn't my fault, though. Somebody rolled into me from from behind. I'm assuming. Yeah, from behind. Were you at a stoplight, or were you just driving straight? At a stoplight, and there was like four cars in front of me, and I was just standing still. Oh man! And just all of a sudden, blam! He just. I, what's so weird is when that happens, you don't realize what's going on, because I told Jenny like the first words that come out of my mouth is I almost got hit, <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized, no way, I did get hit. Somebody just hit me. Oh, was everybody okay? Everybody was fine. Um, I think what happened was he was probably, you know, being an idiot, looking at his phone. Then he looked up, slammed the brakes, hit me. So it could have been way worse. Um, so, but it's amazing, like how much force happens when somebody runs into you. Like you still feel it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? did, did it do a lot of damage? Um, it probably did about two k worth of damage. Jeez. Um, like th- it. The bumper is pretty much shot and just needs to be replaced. I think they're probably gonna have to do a little bit of work on it. I mean, I think I think it's gonna be fine, um, but it was it, it was ridiculous. And the guy comes out and he's like, he's like, "Listen, man, th- I, I've been in so many wrecks. If they find out that I've been in another one, they're gonna they're not gonna insure me anymore." What? Okay, and, that's uh, not a good sign. And I was like, "Well, look, I'm sorry and all, but what do you want me to do? Did you get his like, insurance? Info? Did you get his info?" Oh yeah, I got okay. the info. I got Walk around everything. with your phone, take pictures of the license plate and the car and the damage. Did that? I got, I got the cops out, filed a police report. Yeah, you know, did that the whole thing. Bummer. It's like it's a bummer. bummer. Like I'm sorry, but you know, <laughs> you hit my car. Yeah, no kidding. Like bumpers are the phone cases of cars. Yeah, like they we they make them nice looking now, or all plastic, and they like blend in with it. But then when you damage it, like you have to get an entirely new bumper. But like mm-hmm. back in the old days, you'd have like a, a big log on the front and back. Like that was yeah. your bumper or you'd have a big old piece of steel. But <laughs> no, I'm just 
visualizing like the cyber truck right now. Oh man. But you know, that thing doesn't take damage. You can, you can do throw all sorts of stuff at it. Nothing Except bad. Except the happens. windows. You can throw rocks at the windows. But, yeah. Oh, too soon. <laughs> yeah. Too soon. <laughs> but you know, again, they've made bumpers on cars look decent. They look like they're part of the car. If, if, if the bumper is a case, it looks like it's part of it. Um, and I think that we're getting to a point with, with cases where it looks, it looks pretty, pretty good. Like I know that I've recommended my, my spiking case. Um, I'm actually showing it to Shane right now. You can't really tell like it has a whole lot on it. You know, it's super thin compared to like the cases that I had, like on my iPhone three GS, like having one of those original otter boxes where the thing is just a massive brick in your hand. It's like a tank. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember just being able to take my phone and just chuck it across like my yard or something like that. And just, just because I knew I could, and it wasn't going to do any damage. Yeah. I could do it if I wanted to. I wouldn't do that with this, though. No, no. I still wouldn't. <laughs> wait wait until it's a hand-me-down, then you could do it. Yeah, then I'll give it a shot. But I'm not going to try with one of these little bumper cases. Like, a little bumper case is not the same thing as an OtterBox. No. No, it feels like like a month or a couple months before the new phone's released, and if you're on that two-year cycle and, like, you've had your phone for a couple years, the last month or two, um, I start to, like, I can twirl my phone in my hands. I can, so I slide it around. Like, it's... It, I, I had this freedom that I don't, I don't have the first year at all. First oh, year, no. I'm worried about it sliding off the, the couch cushion or, or sliding off <laughs> my chair or something. And like the last year, it's like, here, you need a phone? Just slide it. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's, you don't care after the first year. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because it, you know that you're getting one at the end of the yeah. year. Like, oh, man, I, this $1,000 phone's trash. I, I don't need this. Now, so new what's one. funny, though, is being on the iPhone upgrade program, I, I kind of have that built in because I know I'm getting one at the end of the year. Like if you trash yours, can you still trade it in? As long as it doesn't have a cracked screen and it's still functional, they'll take it. I got a segue for that cracked screen thing. So I uh, am now the proud owner of Apple care on my laptop. Oh, there you go. So I wasn't going to, um, I, you know, I don't drop my laptop. I don't do anything crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need this thing. So I had a dream and this is, it felt like one of those dreams. Like if your wife has this dream where you did something bad, you wake up and you're in trouble. Oh, it yeah. felt like that, but for my tech. So like in the, I'm doing some stuff in the dream. I'm, for some reason I have my laptop open in a, uh, a basketball court, uh, in like a gym floor. And it's like on the floor in the middle of the court. And it's like on a blanket. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm being smart. I'm on, I'm on a blanket. And I'm using it or something. And then I leave and I leave my laptop there in the gym and I'm not there. And then I come back and, and in the dream is like a thousand people in this gym. So this is all kinds of crazy, but uh, I come back and the laptop's closed, but it's kind of dented in the corner and I oh, open no. it up and it looks like there was like a one inch piece of metal that was like laying across the, uh, the, the touch bar and then like the the fingerprint sensor just yeah. sitting there in on the keyboard. And because it was there, there was like a, it made like a, a gap or something and cracked the screen and damaged the side of it. Yeah. And, uh, and then I did something else in the dream. So I wake up, it's like 5 AM and I'm like, Oh man, that could happen to my laptop. What am I going to do? What would, Oh, so I w- went in the other room, got on. I'm like, Hmm, Apple care. I'm going to get this. And so did a little research and then ordered it online. But, uh, yeah, I normally don't do that. But the last two MacBooks I've had, I've had to have the screens replaced 
not for cracked reasons, but like one of them had some damaged pixels that was from the factory. The other one really? was, uh, had like a damaged hinge that would make popping noises once the temperature changed. And uh, Apple was really good. They would replace these things no problem when I brought them in. Um, but each time that I brought them in, I would get this bill back from Apple and it would say like, you owe $0. But for the materials and everything, um, they're, they're charging Apple or, you know, the, the cost of all the parts was 800. It was always $800 to fix these things. Really? Wow. And I would always pay zero because they're under the warranty or Apple care. But, you know, I started thinking if at two out of the last three MacBooks I've had, I've had issues, then I'm, you know, if I don't get it, I'll have an issue. And if I do get it, then I will never have to use it because nothing will ever <laughs> true will ever break. <laughs> so I'm now the new new owner of Apple Care. There you go, man. Now, do you get Apple Care on your stuff? So I don't on my my personal same thing. Like you said, I I've, I've never dropped a Mac that I can think of, and if I did, no damage happened. But I'm pretty sure I've never dropped a Mac before. Um, I think I dropped a PC one time. Um, never really had any problems with any of my Macs beyond like software stuff. Um, and the only really bad one that I had was a company owned laptop. Um, so I've just never seen the reason to have one. Um, now on, I believe the way that it works, you do get Apple care plus with the iPhone upgrade program. So I believe that this iPhone is covered. Now, the um, cool thing about the plus, they cover liquid damage and accidental damage. So if I break it, like I crushed it, it's okay. If I, you know, if it had liquid damage, that's okay. Whereas like the old Apple Care didn't support that at all. If you, you know, you came with a cracked screen, they'd swap it out. But if it was, uh, or if there was like something internal that failed, they would swap yeah. it out. But if it was deliberately me doing it, they wouldn't cover it. So that's kind of nice knowing that I have that now. But, and I started doing the math and if I break it once, it pays for itself. If I don't break it at all, I'm out. Um, and then I started thinking about like I, iPads and iPhones and look at, you know, think about the deductible and I don't think it's worth it for the iPad and the, well, the phone, yes, but the iPad, no, because if the iPad breaks, it's probably not in the first, you know, it's probably not after the first year. Well, when would it break? It would break in the second year, because the first year you're still covered. So in the second year, oh, true. it would probably break. And if you have a two-year-old iPad and you break it and it's half the cost of a new one, then you might as well just get the new one. It's How my often do you replace your iPads? Um, I, I go through these, these stages. I don't really need them as much as I used to. Um, every t- three years, maybe. I used to get them every single generation, but now it's all blurred together like that iPad Air and the iPad Pro and the iPad and then the cheap iPad and then the mini, like it's all blurred. Um, if I get the Pro, that starts at like a thousand. So that's a different category, but the $300 iPad, like that's, those are, are so, so cheap compared to the, the expensive ones. Oh, um, true, true. And the and how, how often do you find that you use your iPad mini? Like the one that you were showing me at 360. Less and less every day. I, I did get the really? paper-like screen protector, which um, it has this this texture that when you write on it with an Apple Pencil, you get you get like a grip. Because if you use a regular iPad Mini or iPad Pro with a pencil and you write on it, it feels like you're writing on glass. And it's real smooth and it doesn't feel right. It mm-hmm. just feels um, inaccurate. But when you put this, this uh, 
paper, like screen protector on there, then you, you get resistance, but you also get things like fingerprints show up more and there's other drawbacks. But, um, I ordered a set of two and when I put the first one on, I failed and like I, I, my hand slipped or something and it, the screen protector just touched the iPad stuck to it, but there was a bunch of dust. So now I was like mm. speckled with dust. So I, I pulled that one off and it was a two pack and I haven't put the second one on yet, but then paper like messed up and they mailed me a second two pack. And so I emailed them back, you know, saying you guys sent me a, a double and they're like, Nope, it's, it's our gift to you. Um, go ahead and oh. keep it. So I was like, I did the right thing and I got to keep it. Yes. So I got three more. I'm going to try them on there. But, um, so I think that will help me use it more, but yeah, they, the phone, I use the phone the most, the phone and the computer. Like, so working at home now, I have a better setup before I tried to use the iPad for personal stuff when I wasn't at home, but now I just, you know, I'm at home. So just use the computer. So, so you still don't have an Apple watch. Oh no. Yeah. That's still gone. You can see my wrist right now on the, the video chat. Yeah. A uh, little, my little two-year-old just took that off. And every time I'm like putting her to bed, I'll like look in a corner and I'll see some more backpacks or purses. For some reason, these, these girls keep getting containers and I'm like looking through things and, oh, I haven't seen that in a long time. But uh, yeah, I still haven't found it yet. Okay. I mean, it's not the end of the episode. I was just actually curious <laughs> because you and I have the same, same setup at this point. Where, I mean, my iPhone is like my daily driver. Yeah. It is, it has replaced what, you know, I'm just holding it and just, but it has replaced what my computer used to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like my computer used to be where I had all my personal files. It's where I kept all my photos. If that's where I watched YouTube, it's where I played games, you know, I mean, I still play games on a computer, but all these things like when when we talk about personal computers we talk about these mobile devices there's there's sort of an intimacy that you have with your closest device like that like one that even i had with my computer where it's like it it just it just has my life on it it has so much like you could you could learn so much about me by looking at my computer yes back you know back in the day for me, it's the same way with my iPhone. Like you can tell so much about like my music tastes, you know, what I'm taking pictures of, uh, what time I set my alarm to wake up, you know? Um, and, and the phone has replaced that for me at this point. Whereas honestly, my computer is nothing more than a gaming machine and a workstation and primarily a workstation. Yeah. It is where I have all my projects. It's where I have audio editing for this podcast it's where i have ruby on rails applications ios applications all of that stuff is on my computer and if i need to buy a new computer tomorrow it will take me 15 minutes to set it up because i can just clone all my repositories i can set up a few tools and boom i'm ready to go it's nothing but a a shell the content is what's important 100 percent agree your your phone though will take longer to set up if you get a new one. Oh yeah. But your computer definitely you can swap those. They're interchangeable now because you you have a data backup plan, you have a restoration plan. And so you know, you can switch computers. Hub. Yeah. But the phone that's with you everywhere. Yeah. And see even even with with phones it's getting easier because it's everything's tied into like for for us as iOS users, it's tied into iCloud. If I got a new iPhone, you know, like at the, oh, come November, when I get my new iPhone, I get the new model. I ship the new one in. I log in to my Apple ID 
I download the, uh, the, the, probably the most um, intense part is going through the app store and installing which apps that you want. And even well, then, if you store from a backup, yeah. then you're fine. I always take that new, that new installation period as a chance to do like a personal audit and clean out stuff that I don't need because in February, for some reason I needed this app and I haven't used it since, you know, rest in peace, little Caesars app. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you'll, you'll go through these, these periods where you need something and then, you know, it gives you a chance to clean those out. Yeah. Like I like, I have the front end masters. Front end masters is an online school for web development. I have the app on there. Do I use it? No. I don't yep. use Robin Hood. I don't use I don't use GroupMe. I don't use the Saints app or the Psych game. I don't play I don't use any of this stuff. But it's I also need, I need to audit myself. You talked about it uh if you looked at your phone, you know a lot about you. If yeah. I took your phone and looked at screenshots of your home screen or the different apps you had throughout different periods of your life and you went back and looked at those, you would like you would remember and reminisce on, you know, oh I was into that those things at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hey, you want to do a little on-air activity with me? Okay. Let's go to the app store okay. and scroll through our purchased, purchased oh, gosh. apps. Oh, man. Going back to like old days. Okay. Oh, this is not going to be... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. So you want to see like old apps that I purchased? Yeah. So I'm going to my purchases. I have an app store loaded on my phone right now. I'm going to my purchases. I'm going to start scrolling until I get to some embarrassing stuff. So I was uh, I was using an iPhone one on launch day in two thousand seven, yeah. and then on two thousand eight, when the three G came out, the store came out several days before, um, or that the patch came out several days before the three G phone was out. So I was in line for the three G, and I already had the App Store, and I already had downloaded apps on my two G or you know original iPhone. So I remember downloading, um, and, and they, at the, one of the keynotes, they, they talked about some of these apps. There was this, uh, monkey ball app. That yeah. Super had, monkey ball. Yes. And it was, you know, it was $10 and the apps were expensive back then. It was like $10 for this game. And it was the full game. And I remember downloading it and playing it and everything. And, and compared to now, you know, current games, uh, Oh, July 10th, 2008. That's when I downloaded it. It's on the oh, first there you page. Go. But yeah, these, Oh man. So the first app I downloaded, Google search engine, uh, AIM, AOL Instant Messenger. Third app was Facebook. App called Looped. What was that? Looped was like a Find My Friends, uh, Weatherbug, iTunes Remote, eBay, AOL Radio, a banking app, Yellow Pages, Super Monkey Ball, Enigmo. Uh, that was like a physics game with water droplets. Shazam. Yeah. Shazam. Oh, dude, Shazam. Uh, I thought that was magic, and I thought there was no, like, they're going to start charging for this. There's no way this is going to stay free forever. I think Apple bought them. Yeah, they did. It's integrated into Siri now. Anyway, good job, Shazam. You were magical. I would show off the phone and just show people, this is what you can do. This is is magic. You can just listen to the song and then play it. It's phenomenal. Have I talked to you about... um, the Microsoft Math app that just came yeah, out. Yeah, we talked about that last episode. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that I have I have that installed as well. It's like a visual version of this. Um, and the uh, so first app I downloaded was Shotgun Free. Shotgun Free is this okay? It, does this just make the noise of a gun, or is this like a deer hunter game? No. So you made a cocking motion like this. 
where you like put you took your phone, you held it vertically and pumped it upside down, and then you could go horizontally and go like this, like draw it close to your body, sure. and it would fire shotguns, like shotgun shells. But because virtual has, shotgun shells, it has shells. free in the name, so I imagine there, there's like a, yeah. a full screen banner or like like a, an ad across the entire bottom of the the app yeah. all the time. <laughs> nice. Uh, my second app was Starbucks, which I mean I don't. I don't know. I was too young to drive myself anywhere, so what, I don't know why. I had when was that? What? When was this? Uh, December 9th, two thousand and nine. Two thousand nine. Okay, so the iPhone three GS came out. Yeah, I was I was on an iPod Touch two G. Okay, okay. I, those were so thin. They were they were so thin at the time. Actually, I think I still have it. I think I still have it. One sec. Okay. While you're doing that, I'm going to read a couple more apps I had. Uh, more cowbell. That was awesome. A crazy eye and crazy mouth. These were like an animated mouth or an eye. And you would hold the phone up to your face. And then other people would look at you and you'd have a crazy eyes or a crazy mouth. This is back when you could make a million dollars with terrible stuff. It was great. Uh, what else did I have? Oh, the Bible. Entertain the listeners. Keep going. I'm, I'm going to keep going. Uh, the Bible app was still going. And it's really good. It's like... It's like a 12 year old app now. Several of these apps are, are still going. Uh, OmniFocus, I got on here. Uh, white Noise, just a white noise machine. Oh, there's some Yahoo stuff. Google Earth, that was magical. All right, are they still with us? No, I, I stopped once Jenny came in because you were talking to her. We could hear you. Oh, no, you're good. You're but good. So we, we can edit out the side. Yeah, well, yeah well, this will never air. So all is right. this your uh, museum? What's that? Is this your museum of all of your old electronics? Your this old is exactly what this is. I got so, mine down near my, near my feet right now. Keep it close. So I have a briefcase that I believe it was my, my grandfather's briefcase from like the 70s or something. Nice. Right? And it's my, my own little museum of crazy stuff. So, yes. Well, so here's my iPhone 3GS. Oh, yeah. Right Maybe here. Black yeah. one. Yep. Uh, yeah, I had I had a black one. Here's a um, a a case for Sonic the Hedgehog for the Sega Genesis. Nice. Those were really thick too. It just held like oh, the cartridge was in there. Yep, the cartridge was uh, in there. Um, but yeah, so here here it is that we were talking about. Here's my uh, my iPod 2G from awesome. 2000 2009. I played many an hour of Tap Tap Revenge on this boy. <laughs> that one looked like futuristic. The back was. All aluminum and very shiny, like yeah. reflective. Even that was a cool device. It Did you have a case cool. on that? No, no case on this one. Wow, too young to care about having a case. <laughs> um, and then my other, my other treasure, which I don't think we've talked about on this show, a shrink shrink wrapped copy of MS DOS six point two two. Yeah, keep that forever. Yeah, nice. and it's got a certificate of authentic- <laughs> authenticity in the back. This is a legit copy of MS DOS. Yeah. So, but no, I still have it. I should try and uh, at some point find a 30 pin connector and uh, see if I can actually get it to start. Yeah. I plugged a 30 pin into my, my daughter's toy phone. She has a 3GS. It, it's her toy phone. And I was able to get the, the screen to boot, but then I got to a screen that said you needed to activate it. So I had to plug it into a computer with iTunes and my machine here running Catalina does not detect it. Really? Yeah. So maybe I'm doing something wrong, or maybe I need to find an older machine. But 
yeah, I couldn't do anything. That's very interesting. Like, I, that's the other thing. Well, I, I mean, I guess they make it clear to us when they stop supporting them once they quit giving us versions of iOS that run. Because I think this device, I'm still holding my iPod 2G. I think it quit getting OS updates back in iOS 4, iOS 5. Yeah, 4 or 5 seems right. Multitasking came out. And then they stopped supporting some of the older ones. With yeah, and I don't even think the iPod 2G got multitasking. It did get multitasking or background uh, background images. I had to yeah. jailbreak to be able to get those. <laughs> Which is crazy because you know the device could support it. Yeah. But you couldn't get a first party. You know, and then on the flip side, like you'd get it on jailbreak, but it would be weird and and unstable and kind of kind of hacky. Cost but issues. Yeah. So I, I can kind of see that, but still. Yeah. Honestly, for me, it would make my frames drop when I'm like switching, going between pages. Yeah. Like it would, it would be choppy. Yeah. Otherwise it was super smooth. So I don't know what they were doing, honestly. That makes sense. All right, man. Uh, you said you got a new cell phone carrier or something. Oh, I'm going to save that for my pick of the week. Oh, is it like a, you got Ting Mobile? No. Oh, okay. Let's, let's... Th- we'll, th- we'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to give updates for next week too. Once I uh, spend enough time with it. I like it. I have several um, topics I wanted to talk about for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But some, some stuff happened in the last 24 hours that I kind of want to go over. Okay. Let's um, do it. So I was cruising around on the Comcast website because that's what I do on, on a Friday. And I yeah, see that uh, gigabit internet is available at my house for the same price that I'm currently paying for 200 megabit. So I've been wanting gigabit since... Well, I've always wanted gigabit. Um, in college, we had 10 megabit, which was the fastest I'd ever had before. And then a buddy plugged like a, a router in wrong or something and caused like a, a, a an infinite loop and took down like half the floor in the dorms. So um, all of floor seven on the, the sala, south side or east, uh, one of the sides, <laughs> my side, um, all lost internet for a couple days and every single person in every single room reported it to it. So they got flooded with tickets and like the next day they came out with a, uh, a uh, hundred megabit switch. And so everybody in the entire dorms had 10 megabit except our half of the floor. But like five minutes before they got there, one of the other guys realized that it was his, his, uh, one of his devices that he had plugged in. So he just unplugged it and it fixed it. So internet was working when they came in to replace it, but it was too late. So they oh come in, gosh. they replace all the infrastructure. Now we have a hundred megabit and this is hundred megabit, uh, um, uh, synchronous. Is that right? Synchronous. Yeah. It was hundred megs up, hundred megs down. Yes. Which was amazing. And back then we had internet too. So all of the universities were connected with a different internet. Um, where you could do file sharing and you could communicate with a really fast network between all the universities instead of going over the regular internet. And there was a, like a file sharing thing that all these schools would use. And I remember, you know, swapping videos and legally obtained copies of Ubuntu. Um, of course. Yeah, of course. Going across. It, it was amazing. It was so fast. And since that was 2005. Since then I have not had, uh, and, and didn't have a hundred megabit until like two or three years ago. Uh, where the speeds just started like doubling every year. And so I've been, been cruising on a hundred megabit, but my upload was like five, maybe 10. It was super slow. Oof. So I've been, I've been wanting, you know, that speed that I had in college this whole time. I've been, you know, would upgrade, we get 30 megabit, we get 50, we get 60, but finally got a hundred 
or I think Friday we had two or 300, but so I see a, a gigabit and I'm like, yeah, I want this, but I don't also don't want to pay like $2,000 a month or I don't want to have like a $500 installation fee or anything. Yeah. So I find out that uh, it's gigabit and they can use the existing uh, cable lines in my house. I don't have to replace anything except maybe my modem. And so I start, you know, investigating this and I'm telling Megan, let's do this. And it's not going to cost anything. So I've spent $500 uh, making this work <laughs> in the last 24 hours. Um, I found out I had to get a new, uh, my current setup was a ubiquity edge router, which is like a little box. It's like 80 bucks, but it is just the router part. There's no wireless to it. And then it was connected to several wireless access points around the house. So I, they were separated. And if you've ever had like terrible Wi-Fi at your house, it's probably because the router slash wireless access point that you're, that you're using is you know, underpowered for what it should be doing. And you're running this thing at max, you know, uh, max throughput 24 seven for years. And it, it's probably in a terrible spot in the house, not ventilated with, uh, you know, extreme temperatures. Like it's always like on top of a bookshelf or in the corner of mm-hmm. a desk and covered up by, you know, by stuff. And then there's dust and, and there's no, you know, doesn't get, it doesn't breathe. And so this thing is, it, they burn out, you know, I haven't done anything to this router. Why does it die every two years? Well, you're not putting it in the best optimal places and it's cheap, part, cheap components to start with. Right. So what I'd currently gone with was a commercial, like a, a professional router, which is independent of the wireless. So if, you know, if one dies, it doesn't affect the other. And you can focus just on that one piece of hardware and make sure it's, it's solid and just does a single purpose. It ran great. That that router, I didn't have to reboot it for over a year, right before I, t- I took it down, I looked at the uptime and it had been up for like 500 days. Wow. That's amazing. Like I, and that also means I did not have this on a UPS. I did not lose power on that outlet in the house for 500 days. And this device never needed to be rebooted in 500 days. And like growing up, I remember we'd have to reboot the router anytime anything was weird. Just, mm-hmm. It's a common thing you do is just turn it off and on again. So I, I got the, I did the online chat and talked to the representative and Comcast is doing good now. It's not, uh, it's not as bad as it used to be. Really? Uh, almost zero wait time. In fact, I th- think it was zero. I was first in line every time I contacted them and they got everything done that I needed in the chat. And even the times that I thought they were wrong, they ended up being right. So kudos to Comcast. It's yeah, kudos to them. getting better. Um, they, I was very nervous about like agreeing to something and then then bundling other things to it and increasing my price, which I'll give you a follow up in a couple weeks. We'll see if that actually happened or if I'm, you know, my bills twice as much, but, uh, currently the bill's the same. Uh, they upgraded me to gigabit and I had to get a new, uh, a new router and it was time to get new wireless access points. So I got the, the, uh, Netgear Orbeez. And these are like a mesh device. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So I have one that's sitting next to the cable modem. And it is responsible for like the main floor. Then I have another one in my office. And those two talk to each other. Okay, so on the router, you you can talk over 2.4 gigahertz. And you can talk over 5 gigahertz. Well, on the Orbeez, they have another radio in there, another 5 gigahertz. And its job is is it's just going to talk between the Orbeez. 
So you get full bandwidth just to talk back and forth. And they, they call that a tri-band or a, they, and then that communication channel, they call that the backhaul. But that's how the Orbeez can talk back to each other. So if someone's using the internet on a device, it's not going to affect the speed of the two uh, devices talking to each other. And this can scale. I could get a waterproof one to put it in the backyard. I could get you know a couple of them, put them in the basement and the main floor. But these two seem to cover the house. So I, I got these two Orbeez set up. I uh, had, and the Orbeez also, it's a combination of wireless and router. So I, a minute ago, I talked about having, you know, separation of devices. That's kind of gone out the window. Now I'm back to just, you know, the combo, but it's advanced a couple of years. These are like quad core machines and like little computers now. Oh yeah. Well ventilated area. So I got them all set up and, and I had them flip the switch and I was getting uh, 600 megabits per second down. So I have not upgraded my cable modem. My cable modem's still the the old the wrong one. It's the older one. I'm and you're still getting 600 megabits down on the older modem. 600 down, but my up went from like 15 megabits per second up, which is great for video calls. 15, you can handle that no problem. It went down to like less than one, and so Ooh. I, hmm, so I we'd spent several hundred dollars buying the Orbeez, and I'd convinced Megan this is a good idea, and. Then I started researching Doxis modems and all this wireless tech, which we could talk about that in another podcast because I can go on for that for like an hour. Uh, basically, cable modems are magic and they do amazing things and we take them for granted. And the fact that all this stuff works is just, it's amazing. Like, what is a gigahertz? Is that like a billion hertz? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If I'm wrong, I'm, I apologize. But a billion hertz, that means a billion things a second. So if I'm right, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when you talk about ones and zeros going across for computers, each letter that you type on your computer is probably eight of those ones and zeros. We call right. that yes. call that a byte. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Each one and zero is a bit. And, and a letter is probably eight bits or one byte. Well, with with a five gigahertz radio on your Wi-Fi, you're talking about five billion ones and zeros potentially, or maybe is it half that? I'm not sure exactly, but we're talking billions of movements every second. Yes. That's a lot. How do you have something in your house that can do five billion of anything without catching on fire? I don't even know. Nothing. Nothing. That's insane. And it's incredible. But the fact that they can do this and I can have the microwave turned on in the house and I can still watch my show. It's just, it's just magic. But, uh, I, I was getting one megabit per second up. That's not fast enough to even do the video call. So I called them up and they said, uh, you know, you, you need a new modem. And my first gut reaction is like, no, I don't like this one will work. It's Doxis three. And I've done all the studies and I'm in the right, I have the right quant that was can use the acronym QAMs. And I got the right, you know, voltage and I got the right, uh, um, signal, signal, signal to noise ratio and everything looks good. But uh, she's like, no, you need the new modem. So I'm like, okay. So I, this morning went and got a new modem, plugged it in, worked immediately. I plugged my, yeah, it's amazing. I plugged my laptop into the modem, did a speed test. I got one gig down on the laptop. 
Oh my I God. got 40, 35 to 49. I think it was about 40 in the forties uh, megabits per second up totally like exactly what they advertised. And it was awesome. So I know the modem can handle it now. I know um, my entire house can have that ability, but I also know uh, our current version of Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi five or it's called AC. Mm-hmm. It caps out at like, 650 to 700 is probably like real world usage. They, yeah. you like, you'll see these routers and they say like, this is a 3000 megabit router. Well, no, it's <laughs> like it has, if you ever buy like a power adapter for your, like your phone and it says like, this is a hundred watt power adapter and has three USB ports. And it's like, well, it's a hundred watt, but you're combining all the ports together. Each, right. there's not one of them that can do a hundred. No. It's kind of like that on these routers. Like you, your 2.4 gigahertz can do 600 meg and your five gigahertz can do 1.3 giga, you know, gigabit. And you have another one of those, you know, you can do more. So there is not one device is not going to get 3000. Um, yeah. Just with our, our bandwidth that we just can't do that. Um, but so, it advertises well. Yeah, exactly. But the number's higher. So I, uh, I got a 3000 megabit Orby thing and, uh, but real world usage, you can probably get 600 to 700 megabits down, but I have a gigabit pipe coming into the house now. So I cannot wirelessly, I cannot use it to its full capacity unless I plug in with a wire and right the location of, it, I just can't. So that's awesome. My house is in pretty good shape for several years. Like I got to upgrade wireless and the wireless tech needs to upgrade before I can take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, there's a new wireless thing coming out right now called Wi-Fi 6. And it's not faster. I mean, it's a little faster, but the big the big purpose of this is robustness. Because right now, if I have, I, we have 24 to 28 devices connected in the house to Wi-Fi. Right. As, a, as that doubles, like the router's being hit with so many signals, has to do so much multitasking, and you only have so much bandwidth. It's got to be smart. That Wi-Fi six helps with that. It helps it talk to multiple devices without having, without having trouble. Whereas Wi-Fi Wi-Fi five can give you good speeds, but Wi-Fi six isn't going to give you like a huge jump in speeds. So I think I'm stuck, and I kind of capped out wirelessly for the next you know five to ten years. I don't see a lot of things changing. Right. Do you think we're going to see m- many speed bumps in regards to internet speeds in the next five to ten years? So I posted. This uh, this uh, frequency allocation map, this spectrum map in the the show notes. Yeah, um, I see that, and it looks crazy to you. But if you can imagine, um, we we only have so much spectrum we can use, and this is like all spectrum. So this goes from some really low megahertz all the way up to like three hundred gigahertz. But right. You can see the United States has divvied it out and said, you know, this range from. 2.4 gigahertz to you know up to maybe 2.8 gigahertz Wi-Fi can use that you know that's free anybody can use that but like 600 megahertz to 700 megahertz you know T-Mobile bought that or you know some vendor bought that or this band is allocated to helicopter emergency systems and this one is you know allocated to parts of NASA so it's all it's all been claimed or at least most of it's been claimed we will not have big changes or big increases until we have more 
spectrum available for Wi-Fi and for these things. And what's so Wi-Fi is a is a band of spectrum that the government says anybody can use, or the FCC says anybody can use this, but you have to stay within your band and you cannot broadcast more than like a watt of power or something. Like there's a limitation. I can't right. shoot this across the country. I'll just a hundred yards or a couple miles if I'm focus it. And because we do that, we're everybody is able to have their devices, but we we're only using a small subset of this giant band. All these other things are being used and allocated from, by, you know, by all these other companies and all these, and all these other uh, uses. So we will not have a giant increase of, of uh, bandwidth until we get more space for that. Right. And cell phone carriers are also in there, you know, they're in these auctions with the FCC and they're getting as much space as they can. We're so much more efficient in Wi-Fi and these cellular companies compared to like um, some of these like medical things and these these older technologies and older allocations of spectrum that have been there for 50 years. They're not upgrading those very much. They could probably be handled on the Wi-Fi bands and some of these other privatized bands just because they're not using a lot of uh, a lot of bandwidth. But right. because they got dibs early on, they have the all the space that they need. Yeah. They just have it. <laughs> so you're going to see some stuff happen in the next, you know, 10 to 20 years where all of these things are going to be gobbled up by you know, cellular companies and, and Wi-Fi and public ones, because it's, they're, they're doing a better job. Um, when we switched to digital, um, what was it? Digital TV over the air. Like when you, everybody had to get those digital TV boxes. Yeah, I was talking about. Yep. All of a sudden, you got 1080p video, and you got multiple more channels, and it looked clear. And what they were, you know, what they were able to do is just uh, change the uh, the allocation of the spectrum and say, you know, you can use this, but you have to send these types of signals over it now. And we've we have better methods now to to send data. And so to roll all of this back to my cable modem stuff, the reason I had to update my cable modem is because the the modems are they're so precise now that before an analogy would be if I'm driving from Colorado Springs to Denver there's highway 25 and it points in the highway it's two lane a, a very uh, very reliable way to distribute the lanes are TJ gets the left lane Shane gets the right lane we both drive from Colorado Springs to Denver. There's no interference. We're good. But the number of people that can get from Colorado Springs to Denver is just two because we're each in one car. Right. Better right. ways that to distribute sense. that would be buses, would be to have multiple people in the lanes, would be, you know, have pe- people behind each other, would be some people leave at four o'clock in the morning, others people leave at noon. Whenever you start adding and, and making that more complicated, you get a lot more people to Denver from Colorado Springs and back like you, you know, quadruple or, you know, a thousand time fold uh, increase the number of people that can travel back and forth because you're more efficient. Well, we're doing the same thing with our, our spectrum and our, our wireless technologies. This new cable modem is so precise. And we were talking about doing 5 billion things a second. Mm -hmm. It's doing more than that. Now it's, it's doing so many and it's looking at the waveform and it's able to, to detect uh, little changes in it and using different spec, different pieces of spectrum and 
that you're able to transfer so many more bits, but it requires some new hardware. That totally makes sense. I'm, yeah. I'm totally for that. So, um, yeah, again, this cable one of stuff, I can talk about this for hours. It's so, it's so cool to see what, um, what they've been able to do. Cause the cable that is running to my house is like 10 to 20 years old. It has not changed. And the internet speeds that I've, I'm getting now are gigabit. But when mm-hmm. it was installed, I was just getting like 30 channels of regular cable TV. And now yeah. I can get unlimited. It's insane. And they didn't have to go lay new cable. Which is absolutely insane. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so cool. So, um, I learned a bunch. Um, oh man. yeah. One cool thing that I learned was they will advertise cable modems by, uh, some number times another number. So the cable modem I have is 32 times eight. And that means I have 32 channels to download and eight channels to upload. And each channel to download on the old Doxis was like 40, you get like 40 megabits for every six band or six megahertz band. So I would get, you know, 32 times 40 would be the max bandwidth I could get. And then eight times 40 would be the max upload I can have. And then depending on your carrier, they can, if you have a smaller plan, they just use less channels. Um, Everybody in my neighborhood shares a big band of channels. So if three people in the neighborhood buy the huge plan. There's not enough for the other people to have the huge plan. So they might not be able to buy it. Right. Um, fascinating stuff, but it, it's just nice to be able to see these numbers that I'm seeing on these products actually mean something and the meal being able to understand what they are. And so, okay. Long story short, I am in my office. I am 30 feet from the access point in the cable outlet. Yes. I don't have a cable run here. I'm using the Orbeez wirelessly. Oh, okay. So you even from, from this right now, you're using wireless. Yeah. This, this laptop is plugged into with an ethernet cable plugged into an Orbeez. The Orbeez connected to the one downstairs with a, that wireless backhaul. This laptop is, you can pull down 750 megabits and upload at 50. So this is, I'm hitting the max of Wi-Fi all yeah. the time on this laptop. And it's, this is amazing. This is, this is so cool. Like I, if I ran a cable down there, I would still get the same speed because my, yeah. my pipe going out of the house. Um, I'm sorry. No, I wouldn't. I would, I possibly could get a thousand. It's just, that ruins my whole argument. Okay. never mind, Megan. I need the <laughs> money. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused as to how you got confused. If you ran directly from your modem to your Mac, you would get a thousand. Yes. Yes, but because I'm going over wireless at any point, 650 to 700 is what I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. And I'm going wireless. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I tried other things because there's power line Ethernet. I, well, where I'm at, I cannot run a cable. It would cost too much. Yeah. I, my two options are coax. So you have, you have cable lines in your house already. Mm-hmm. You can get a little adapter and then run a gigabit over those uh, coax lines, and it will not interfere with regular cable TV because each wire also has a big band of spectrum and like certain segments of it are what cable uses. And then there's other segments that no, nobody uses. Right. So there's a standard called Mocha and that uses like a gigahertz on there. And if uh, I, I put an adapter in two places in the house, I can just use the, the lines that are already in the house as like an ethernet cable, get a gigabit. Interesting. Okay. 
is that is that the whole power line like when you're able to hook up ethernet into your power outlets yeah it did that too so there's there's two types of adapters one mocha is for uh, cable coax lines Um, then the other one is power line ethernet and it's like gnh or something there's some um, there's some acronym for it but it's another standard where you can have devices that run over power line and those are advertised to do like a gigabit, but I, I bought some and ran them and depends on how dirty your lines are and how long they run. Yeah. But I get about a hundred megabits per second on those. So I've been running those to my Mac from the, the cable box or the, the, the modem for the last couple of years. And so my Mac's been getting a hundred, even though I had two or 300. Right. But now even with the wireless, I'm getting 700. Some cool stuff. Some cool stuff, man. There's a whole world of networking and cable and wireless and even even getting some crazy stuff with satellite. That's just, yeah, there's there's a lot there that I, I do not understand. I'm feeling bad for like the cable companies because they get a bad rap um, because of like customer service and stuff. And the problem, like they have some brilliant engineers there that are building amazing things. But then like, the last mile, if you get um, someone who's is not as not as experienced or doesn't know, um, they can make the whole company look bad. Or right, and, and half they, the time they're not even employees of the the cable company. It's a contractor, yeah, and that gives the whole thing a bad rap. But and, and then you look at the price, and they're always increasing the prices and stuff. But you know, the more I'm learning about like the engineering side of it, like they're doing some amazing stuff, and I definitely see the overhead and the cost. Like my bill's going up at three dollars. They're just you squeeze me and they might be uh, you know, there's different sides of the company, but I, I know at the, you know, at the base, like they're doing some amazing stuff and they're buying and, and installing some cool gear and cell phone carriers too. Oh yeah. All right, man, let's do some, uh, let's do some picks of the week. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. You go first. All right. So my pick of the week, uh, this week is visible mobile. Um, so for the past, so originally with my first iPhone that I got, um, I used AT&T, found out I was being stiffed by AT&T big time because they would charge me $15 for every gigabyte that I went over mm. on my, my plan. Okay. Um, and this was into 2016, I believe. Like it was fairly late in the game. Okay. And realize, and, and you know, once me and Jenny got married, I was like, I, I got to do something different. I can't keep on using this. So, Ends up switching over to T-Mobile. T-Mobile offered me unlimited data, which for me was very important because I was using a lot of data, like 30 gigs worth of data. Wow. Um, 30, um, 30 gigs worth of data. It had unlimited text, had unlimited um, cell usage. And me and Jenny decided to go for that. And it's it's been fairly reasonable. It's been at about $130 a month, um, which really isn't bad. But it's T-Mobile. Sometimes your service is excellent. Sometimes it's less than excellent. <laughs> okay. What, what were you going to say? I, I was in Oklahoma. I was with my dad. Uh, he yeah. had AT&T and I had T-Mobile. And we're driving out of Tulsa. We go to Skytook Lake. And we get there. And I look at his phone. He has you know, he, full bars, AT&T, LTE. Yep. My T-Mobile, not even roaming. It's like no service at all. Just no service. And I look back and I can see Tulsa. Like I can see 
Like we are not that far away, but they had zero service. And but AT and T was full was full bar. So yeah, full I, bar. But AT and T had phenomenal customer service, had phenomenal pricing. It was straightforward. It had mm-hmm. it was it was fun and it it, it was cool. But they do they did not have the range. Right. No. Exactly. So I'm uh, I'm switching to this other service, which I found. Um, I had a friend tell me about it called Visible Mobile, which is a subsidiary of Verizon. So okay. right off the bat, you know one thing about it, and that is that if you, it's a subsidiary like Cricket, Metro PCS, Visible, all of these things share one thing in common, and that is you are essentially second tier to actual Verizon, AT and T, T-Mobile customers. If you are in a highly populated area, New Orleans, Denver, New York City, and everybody's, you know hammering that wireless network, you're going to get deprioritized. That said, if that's not happening very often in your town, you can actually save a decent little chunk of money. Um, so the plan that I'm using is actually, it's, it's kind of interesting because the, because visible markets to folks like yourself and myself and Jenny, um, and they only offer one plan. And that one plan is unlimited data, unlimited text, unlimited you know, phone call usage for 40 bucks a month per line per line. Ooh. But if you party like a party up kind of like you would on you know, Xbox or PlayStation with other people, your bill goes down by $5 for each person you party up with mm. up to four people. So you can go from 40 people, uh, 40 bucks a line down to 25 a line. Um, so Jenny would be able to go from 130 bucks a month down to 50. Nice. Um, so if, you know, me personally, it's like, all right, so yeah, I might get deprioritized occasionally, but I have friends who seem to really like it and really enjoy it. So I'm keeping my T-Mobile, T-Mobile subscription open because I've used T-Mobile for three years. haven't really had that many problems with it, but it's going to be interesting being on a Verizon backbone and seeing how well it works relative to, my T-Mobile connection. Um, also curious to see how, you know, the deprioritization works, see if it happens very often. So I'm saying this, I made it pick of the week because I find it very interesting and I have signed up for it. I get my SIM card tomorrow Ooh. and we'll be able to provide a follow-up next, next episode. We'll be able to talk about it a little bit more and see how, see how things have been after about a week. That's awesome, man. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how it works out. It, uh, I think those are called like M, MVNOs, Mobile Virtual Network Operators or something. Okay. So I could have Shane Mobile, but I would buy a whole bunch of bandwidth from Verizon and then resell it. Mm-hmm. That uh, And there's a bunch of carriers that you've heard of that do this, like uh, Virgin Mobile did this. And yep. um, there's just most of the small ones that you hear do something like this and it's it's awesome like you can do some sweet bundles ting this i mentioned that earlier yep ting um, yep they do something like this but um and, but it also means that you so you're gonna be running off verizon so you get the verizon coverage map um, you get all yep. of those places so that's <clears throat> awesome it's cool. gonna be very very stable relative to right um you know other carriers i've had because verizon's just rock solid like you're not gonna there's not many places that you go where you're not gonna get a service that's awesome. All right, I got uh, I got a pick. Let's hear it. So I've been trying to figure out my note strategy. I I don't have a good way to take notes. Like 
I would have untitled document on my desktop, untitled document two on my desktop. I would have stuff in email. I'd have stuff on um, notes app. I'd have stuff in Evernote and bear and just all over the place. And like I was asked the other day for a, a Wi-Fi password. I'm like, Oh yeah, I got that. And I start to look for them. Like I have no clue where this is. This, it could be in so many places. And so years ago I read that book, getting things done. And like oh, one yeah. of the first things that they talk about is take, just take a moment. And, and this is about physical uh, getting things done, but like take all of the to do's and papers you have in your life and make a big giant pile on them or pile of them and go through them and have your, your little inbox there and your sorting stuff. And you just go all in and you put everything in a, one big inbox and you start processing it. And then you promise yourself every week or some cadence, you're all, you're going to review that stuff that you've sorted or your inbox. And if you build this, this behavior, then you will, th- there's a moment where like right now you might have 50 things in your mind of things you need to do or things you've made promises or commitments. Right. And wouldn't it be cool if you did not have to think about that or have those on your mind at all. You could just, you knew they're handled and that's what this does. It gives you that ability to just let it go, but you know, it's all going to be done. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I need to get all of my digital things, these commitments all in one spot that I can trust. And I know that if I am in the moment and we're talking and you tell me about, uh, what was this? A uh, visible mobile. Yeah. Visible mobile. Yep. You, you tell me about visible mobile and I want to look it up right now. If you told me that, well, my pick of the week solves this, but if you tell me that I'm going to write it on something and I might not ever get to it. Like in the moment, I don't have a good system for that. So this app is called drafts. It's for iPhone, iPad, Mac, uh, and it's called drafts five, I believe, but it's a simple app that you on every device you have, you hit a button and you get a text box and you type in whatever you want and you close it. And then anytime anything comes up, a to do phone numbers, um, shopping lists, anything, you always put it and insert it in the same box. And on your computer, I have a shortcut. It's like alt shift one, whatever was in my clipboard is now saved as a note. Command shift one will pop up the box and I can type it in. But now every single thing that I'm getting from all these places, these show ideas for the podcast or links or password, not passwords, put that somewhere else, but all of these things, I just push them all into one inbox. And then I'm going to have a thing where at the end of the day or some cadence, I'm going to process those and I'm going to get that inbox down to zero. And so drafts is, it's a box. You insert text and then you do something with the text. So once text is there, there's a bunch of options on the side. I can save to Evernote or email or add to reminders or add to to do or save it as a file or email it or, or text it, but you can process them. So I've gone through all of my notes, my desktop, my emails. I've copied everything that I need to do something with and and put it in here. If there's something I want to remember, but I might not ever get to it or a website I want to look at, I throw it in here. And so, you know, this thing has right now has like 50 or 60 things that I need to go process. But I, I have very good confidence that if I add visible mobile to this list, I will see it again in a reasonable time and I can do something with it, which might be do nothing. But in the moment, I know that I'm not going to let this thing go. It's not going to fall between the cracks. And every time you make a note, it makes a sweet sound. It goes like, bleep, 
it's just really satisfying. I like it. Really? Uh, but yeah, it's called Giraffes. Um, I, I'm starting using it. I'm going to, I will do a follow up here in a couple of weeks, but it, it's already given me some peace of mind. That's awesome. I just downloaded it. I'm going to start playing with it because I do the same thing. I think, all right, so if I open TextMate right now, um, I have like seven windows open, all of them with different notes around different projects and stuff I'm keeping track of at work. So if you close that, do they delete? Like, If I quit TextMate, TextMate will just, when I next reopen, it'll just reopen all the windows. But are those saved files or are those just... No. That is so... That's like, you know what? <laughs> Where are you going to store all those important tax documents? Just They're in the trash can, but they're near the top. So when you yeah. need them... Just <laughs> I'm just going to hold on to them. I know, I know where they are. <laughs> Anything could clear those out. Yeah. So that I, I hate that feeling. Yeah. So I need to move so, something like draft so I have a better system and have less of a chance of just everything just going to heck and back. Yeah, and drafts um, marked down by default, but you can do like source code. You can do things that computery people can do, and you don't have to worry about it changing the types of quotes on your your code or right. you know, re- removing things. It doesn't do files though, just text. Because I tried to like put receipt pictures of receipts and things in there. I don't have a good solution for that yet. Might have okay. a folder inbox that I put things in, or maybe I'm going to go through camera roll and clean that up when I do the same purging. But I'm. Um, I'm going to keep this process up where um, I'm going to go. This is my inbox uh, email. Like I'm getting a ton of email um, I need. And there's some things I need to act on. So I can just put them in here. Um, it's, and you just copy paste it in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's well, it's what it, whatever you want to do. And I, I'm realizing that I don't need as much stuff as I think I do. I'm a digital hoarder. I don't need a terabyte of stuff that I haven't touched in 10 years. Why do I keep it? Well, there's that chance that you might someday use it or need it. You'll never use it or need it. Probably not. And, you know, it might be quicker for me to just contact that person who sent me it and ask them for it again or create the document from scratch. You know, and there, there's times where you might need it, but most of the time you don't. True. Very, very true. All right, man. Anything else crazy happened this week? Uh, No, not for me, man. Okay, good. Well, I still haven't found my Apple Watch. And uh, podcasting is hard. (laughs) Good night, man. Good night, man.